It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. This is Relentless Dairy. On Podbean.com. Welcome to the Land of Bourbon and Bad Decisions. This is Relentless Daring live on Podbean.com or the Podbean app, or you're listening on demand on your favorite podcast app. Um, first of all, I have got to say, coffee. It is what fuels everything I do. And the best coffee that I have come across, and I am proud to tell you about on this program is that that comes from outside Des Moines, Iowa at American Pride Roasters. American Pride Roasters is historically great coffee. They have so many amazing blends. Are you a person who kind of likes a, a hint of peanut butter in the things that you eat and drink? Like if you are a fan of, let's say, screwball peanut butter whiskey. Well, what if you like peanut butter coffee? Well, you know what? Dave Matthews at American Pride Roasters has a peanut butter flavored coffee. It is the George Washington Carver blend. The perfect balance of a full city roast coffee with just a hint of peanut butter there in the background. Oh my God, it's so good. Um, So if you're, if you just want good coffee, you want to support small business and small businesses that support me. Yes. He supports me with free coffee when I order from him because I talk about him because his stuff is just so amazingly good. They have coffee, coffee drops, K-cups. They will grind it to order. So if you want a coarse grind because you do the do the 12-hour cold brew coffee in the refrigerator, if you want a super, super fine blend because you've got an espresso machine at the house that you love to use, it's a custom grind. They even have... They even have those little plastic disposable cups for a brand that I'm not going to say because I am not endorsed by them. You can get those too. So American Pride Roasters, go to APRCoffee.com. And then in the uh, when you place your order, they're in the uh, special directions, special instructions block. Just tell them that you heard about from Relentless Daring and your good buddy Tyler Morgan. All right. Getting into it. Oh, my goodness. There has been so much craziness in the last week that I don't even know where to begin. Uh, apparently, Kim has been uh, listening to a little Offspring before coming on because she is pretty fly for a white girl. But hey, as long as she's not pretty fly for a rabbi. Mecca, lecca, hi, mecca, mecca, tally-ho. Or something like that. Anywho's, I think one of the Big things have been coming out, and a lot of people with the uh, with the looking at how what could happen after the California runoff, which it's a shame. Ola uh, Gruesome Newsom is still in office in California. Yeah, and a lot of people were worried that if he stayed in office, he would. Be like, I have a mandate from God. I can do all of these things now. Well, they were right. Uh, one of the big things they were worried about was now that he's got a mandate from the people, what is he going to do with the COVID fascism? Well, <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Turns out he is now the first governor in the country to mandate all students be vaccinated for COVID-19. And this article says staff, which for a while staff was kind of not a thing because the teachers unions 
have been very pro vaccinate the kids, but leave us alone. <laughs> Steve says here in the chat room, jabs for juvies. Woohoo. Oh, there's now a ongoing dialogue in the chat room of Weird Al songs. You're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah, so if you're listening to this on podcast and you want to have a good time, just ignore me and listen to the show later. Please uh, set up a little account here on Podbean so you can listen live. And then you can go into the chat room with all the crazy people that I lovingly call friends. And you can just hang out. Uh, you can watch as you can watch live as Steve is trying to wreck my train of thought. It's not hard. Squirrel. Oh, wait, wait, I'm back. But anyways, back to the task at hand, Gruesome Newsome. And this is from Odyssey. A-U-D-A-C-Y. KCBS Radio. Uh, California Governor Gavin Newsom on Friday announced a COVID-19 vaccine mandate for all students. The first requirement of its kind in the United States. Both public and private students at elementary and secondary schools will be required to be vaccinated for in-person learning starting the academic term or semester following full approval from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration of the vaccine for their grade span 7 through 12 and K through 6. <laughs> yeah, because right now the, the big thing is they're trying to, well, we need to get approval or at least, you know, emergency use authorization for ages 5 and up. And that is a huge, huge thing because as has been demonstrated throughout the course of the last 18, 19 months of the scandemic, um, children who contract COVID-19 rarely spread it to other people and rarely succumb. To COVID nineteen, I think nationwide there has been four hundred deaths of children under the age of eighteen. Think about that. You're concerned that a virus that kills less children than the flu, that kills less children than bacterial or viral meningitis, a disease that kills less kids than measles if there were not a measles vaccine. We're now going to start forcing kids to have vaccines for something that is, on the most part, 100% survivable. And I've been, you know, vaccine hesitant very for a very long time since they announced it, and I've really pushed back against mandates, such as using the uh, using OSHA to try to make it mandatory at businesses with over 100 employees. Good luck trying to make that one stick in court because 100 is a very arbitrary number. But anyways, I'm vaccine hesitant and. At work, they they had a farm. They had the uh, Walmart pharmacy technicians come in, and I just started asking questions. And shockingly, they were very forthright with their answers. It's like, yeah, you know, it's like you know, Moderna when when being tested and compared to Johnson Johnson and Pfizer, you know, Mayo Clinic has shown they're still staying around 70% efficacy, whereas Johnson Johnson is around 60, right where they said it would be. And, you know, Pfizer is like 40. Again, this is Mayo Clinic. This is not me pulling numbers out of my rear end. 
Mayo Clinic. I'm pretty sure the Mayo Clinic is where you go when you have nowhere else to go. Because no one else knows what the hell is going on. You go to the Mayo. So, you know, so unless it's the Mayo Nays Clinic, where they see what what, uh, mayonnaise goes good on or what recipes you can throw it in to make a cake nice and moist and mm, cake. Anywho's. It's the Mayo Clinic. If Mayo Clinic is saying these numbers, it, it's like Oxford Medical School. It's like Harvard Medical School. <laughs> but anyways, they kept asking them questions. So what well, about side effects? Like, well, here are the the reported side effects. And they and they laid them out, and they pointed out that they have less severe side effects than what the Pfizer mRNA. It's like okay, it's like this is the kind of stuff that actually gets people to get the freaking shot. The people who are administering it are giving no nonsense information. They're not repeating a party line. They're not. Well, you just have to get it because it's going to save your life. And so because they were honest, they were forthright. They were sharing information that I had already learned. And, you know, they were quoting the same places that I've been going to. Hey, you know what? They, They have convinced me that yeah, they're not they're not just drones trying to stick people. So I went ahead and I got the first shot. There's a discussion about what is the uh over Hellman's or Miracle Whip. I see a Miracle Whip from Lady Die, a Miracle Whip from Kim. And you're y'all are all wrong. It's homemade baconase. Boom. That's where it's at. And besides, if you're going to do store-bought, you go with Duke's. Duke's is the best because it's made with it's made with apple cider vinegar, which gives it a, a, a little a, a little bit more tang than just regular old-fashioned Hellman's or off-the-shelf generic mayonnaise. But seriously, homemade baconase, where the oil that goes into it is melted bacon grease, that's where it's at. Great on every sandwich, just saying. But anywho's back to the article. I've been distracted by talk of mayonnaise and different clinics and getting getting my own jab in the arm, which, by the way, I have discovered why the magnets stick to people after getting the Moderna shot. It has nothing to do with stuff that's in the shot. You get a little bit of natural moisture on your skin. It's a, a slight sheen of sweat and body oils and you take one of these magnets and you put it on your arm there's this amazing active you know fluid dynamics that goes into play called capillarity and it basically sucks the magnet onto your arm because yes where i got the shot the magnet would stick but then i take the magnet i put on the other arm and the on the you know exact opposite spot it would stick I put it on a different part of my arm where there's not a slight sheen of sweat or body oils. And it's really dry. Guess what? It wouldn't stick. <gasps> Science. Anywho's, uh, me vaccination requirements taking effect on January 1st or July 1st from grade 7 through 12, whichever date comes first following approval. So that means they might not even have kids in school. They might not even have kids in school in person yet by June. Approval for grades K through six, six is expected to come later in a second phase of requirements, the governor added. We are mindful that we have work to do. We are humbled by the challenge, but we want to get this thing done. We want to end this pandemic. We are all exhausted by it. And unfortunately, the majority of the pandemic right now 
is it's a case demic. Yes, there are a crap ton of people who are testing positive. A lot of those people who are testing positive, oh, the breakthrough cases are rare. Well, not really. Maybe breakthrough cases that make people some sick enough to go to the hospital or sick enough to die, those might be more rare. However, you know, when you have, you know, uh, Anna Navarro and Sonny Whatcherbutt on The View get ushered off the stage because, oh, you tested positive prior to the show. Wait, did they, did they like get tested like during the break or something? Because, you know, they, they have these rapid tests that they can, you know, my son had to have one several weeks ago and they literally knew in 10 minutes that he did not have COVID. So, you're telling me that ABC can't buy the stuff to do a quick, rapid test and know before the show starts airing that, hey, they've tested positive for COVID, they need to leave? Let's see. John Gale is asking, where are the fatality stats? It's all about positive tests. Well, John, I'm glad you asked, um... And a lot of places around the country, the fatalities have actually gone up in the last year. You, I mean, you can go to the World Health Organization, and I know there's they have their own biases there. And they will, and you can get the numbers, you know, like the weekly numbers, and compare this week versus this week, last year, and you can see that, yeah, there's been like a, you know, 150% increase of deaths, which is really weird considering that we have all these vaccinations going on. And I love people playing who play the unfalsifiability card. Well, yeah, it's all unvaccinated people who are dying, and yeah, they're saving, they're they're being saved. All these people are being saved, and does that mean more people are dying from the Delta variant? Well, you really can't say that because where was it? Where were we last year when we had nobody being vaccinated? And even then, the CDC takes people who are who get the vaccine, and if it has not been two weeks after the second dose or two weeks after the uh, Johnson Johnson single shot, and they get COVID and die in that two-week period, they still count as an unvaccinated death. So really, it, it is a numbers game. It's just a matter of the actual information and how it gets you know, interpreted and how it gets dis, you know, disseminated when these numbers come out. Anyway, certain medical, personal, and religious beliefs are included as exemptions in these guidelines in California, which is good. I'm actually kind of shocked they're going to recognize religious uh, exemptions, but I'm sure that you know if you've ever gotten a shot or been to the doctor for any reason, you'll be denied your uh, your med- your religious exemption because, well, I mean. When you got that emergency medical treatment, yeah, you weren't relying on God then, were you? The State's Department of Public Health is expected to determine specific guidelines around exceptions in the coming months. In response to a question about consequences over those refusing to get vaccinated, the governor was less than detailed. I, I, I love vague responses because you can read so much into them, especially if you really read between the lines. I like to focus on the positive, not the negative. We tend to highlight a bit of the exceptions. We'll work through those things. Well, I really don't know. I mean, if it's a student, the student's just going to be you know relegated to at-home learning. Which, you know, at-home learning, I think, is better than being at school. Then parents can really pay attention to what kids are being taught 
you know, whether it's the pro rainbow jihadi uh, agenda, whether it's BLM, whether it's critical race theory, whether it's America bad, America has never been good. Versus, you know, oh, my kids go out to school. I don't have to worry about because everything's good. La, da, 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 head in sand. Uh, vaccines for diseases like measles, chicken pops, chick, chicken pops, haha, chicken pox, mumps, and rubella are already required for students in California. This is just another vaccine, said the First Nation mandate. Well, it's not just another vaccine. We've had vaccines for. Measles, mumps, and rubella, the MMR shot. Yes, that's three diseases. It's handled in one series of shots, though. They're not three separate vaccines. <laughs> chicken, Kim wants to know, is chicken pops like cake pops? Uh, no. Chicken pops is related to, is uh, the more cowardly cousin of corn pop, who we all know is a bad dude. Thank you, Joe Biden, for that. Wonderful information. <laughs> uh, anyways, back to uh, Gruesome Newsome. A student who is not vaccinated may remain enrolled in independent study, but may not attend an in-person instruction. Oh, it's like I just said, without reading ahead in the article. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the way I do show prep. I find articles that are interesting, and I save them for the show, and everything is a cold read. Uh, Yes, radio professionalism at its finest. Uh, In August, Newsom and the state's Department of Public Health took the unprecedented step of requiring all California teachers and school staff be vaccinated against COVID-19 or face weekly testing. As part of Friday's announcement, the existing staff requirement, quote, will be converted to a vaccine mandate no later then when the first phase of the student requirement becomes effective, end quote. Several districts around the U.S., including the Oakland Unified School District, Piedmont United School, Unified School District, and West Contra Costa Unified School District, have already moved forward with vaccine mandates for students, among others, in Southern California. The governor made the announcement at a middle school in San Francisco. He was joined by administrators from the San Francisco Unified School District and State Senator Scott Weiner. I wonder if he's uh, related to uh, Carlos Danger over in New York. Kim wants to know, doesn't Newsom look like a vampire if he had a cape? I think we put a clear plastic raincoat on him and and an axe in his hand and have him go around, Hey, Paul! Because he looks just like Christian Bale in American Psycho. So, I mean... It's ridiculous. And I I do understand the concerns that people have about kids and getting sick and all that. But people don't look at the actual evidence. They they listen to the demagoguery on one side or the other. And don't get me wrong, there is a lot of uh, demagoguery from the anti-vaccine anti-COVID vaccine crowd where it's all based in, you know, emotional hysteria. You have the the pro-vaccine demagoguery that's based all in hysteria, but no one one who puts any real thought into it makes makes a demagoguery You know, demagogues, when they have the numbers. And you can look at the numbers from both sides. Yes, it. if you have a lot of people in an enclosed area with poor ventilation, COVID will travel through it like grass through a goose. That's been proven over and over again. You 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 look at how COVID ravaged New York City, where you have multi-generational families. Oh my God, I can't talk. I haven't even had anything to drink. What the hell? I haven't, I haven't even poured any whiskey. All right, I my word, man. But, 
you look at New York City where you have multi-generational households, where you have a bunch of people of all ages living in a house. One person gets COVID. You have crap ton of people living on top of each other. And then suddenly, boom, you have a whole you have a whole house of sick people or you have a whole apartment of sick people. And then because it's an airborne virus, someone's just going through the hall to go going out in the hall to grab their groceries that somebody dropped off. They can exhale the virus that hangs around for a little bit. Somebody from another apartment from another crowd apartment walks through, grabs it, they suck, they inhale it from out of the air. Next thing you know, they have COVID and they're spreading it through their multi-generational household. <laughs> John Gill, too much peanut butter coffee. I haven't had enough of that either. You know what? Ladies and gentlemen, tonight has surpassed even whiskey. I am cracking open the quart jar of good old-fashioned, illegally procured, 100% clear Missouri moonshine. God bless America. <laughs> Dies excited about the shine. Woohoo! That's a that's about 120 proof going down, and it's whoo, it'll light you up. But yeah, it's it's absolutely insane the way people go at all the covid stuff and and they they don't want to stop and look at hard numbers they don't want to look at the even the averages and the people who are doing the worst demagoguery they they love to bring up uh you know these relative risk increases well yes 150% more people have gotten COVID and died from September 1st through September 30th, 2020, you know, going for the same time period in 2021. But then it's like, okay, well, how much more is that? I think it ended up being like a a 40,000 death increase, which is a big number. But in certain in certain aspects of it, well, there's been an increase of it, you know, this big of an increase in such and such area. And then you look at the actual numbers of the percentage increase, and it's like, oh, it went up 100% in this city where this time last year they had 50 deaths. Now they have 60 Kim is wondering if the increase is due to border. That's a possibility. I mean, that was a lot of that they think is what fueled the Texas spike when you know you have all those untested, uh undocumented migrants crossing the border. And those who do go to a detention center, they're offered a vaccine. They don't have to take it, but they're but it's offered to them. And then when they get released with their come, you know, here's your, we'll give you a court date later. So go ahead. So then they, you know, so maybe they didn't have it yet. They were, they didn't have enough of a viral load to test positive yet, but they'd already contracted it. Then they end up in San Antonio, Houston, Dallas, wherever. And then that's when they actually get sick. It, it's ridiculous. Anywho, I'm going to take a quick break, and then I will be right back. I want to talk to you about Keto Chow. Keto Chow is a small company out of Utah that uses the absolute best ingredients to make the absolute best weight loss products available on the market. Their first goal is flavor. Who wants to drink something as a meal replacer that tastes like crap? 
Keto Chow understands that this is a hard barrier for a lot of companies to break through. So they have some of the best flavors, cookies and cream, chocolate, vanilla, real strawberry. These are the best shakes I've ever had. I've been using them for a few months now and they are amazing. So go to the link in the show notes, check it out. You can search for recipes on how you can use their Keto Chow products to make amazing foods that taste amazing and help with your weight loss goals. KetoChow.xyz, Keto Made Easy. Drizzly is the leading home alcohol delivery service available. Imagine being able to sit at home and pull up your smartphone and browse your favorite wine beer, spirits, and then have it delivered to your home in as little as one hour. Go to drizzly.com or check out the link in the show notes and start shopping today. Not available in all areas. Please drink responsibly. Drizzly.com. So I'm going to talk to you about Built Bar. We've all had protein bars before. Most of them taste like cardboard and they're gross, nasty. It leave a funky aftertaste in your mouth. Built Bar, their goal for starting off was flavor first. Every bar is covered in either pure dark chocolate or white chocolate for those special ones that come out. You have nine regular flavors and then they have the special flavors they bring out every so often. They are absolutely amazing. My, personally, my favorite, mint brownie. Oh, my God. So go to Built.com. Check it out. Go through their selection of Built Bars, Built Go Energy Drink, uh, Built Broth, all their, all their fine selections of amazing products. Built.com. Use the promo code RELENTLESS to save 10%. Built.com. All right, getting back into it, I'm going to get away from the COVID because uh, it drives people crazy. I'm going to go to something even more divisive, something more makes people angry than discussing a 99.8% survivable illness. I'm going to go into those crazy baby-killing sons of sons of sons of sons of. My last few episodes, I've gotten a little salty, so no, don't mind the weirdness. I'm just trying to tone it down a little bit because, like I said, I'd like to keep this PG-13 as best I can. So, yeah. Anywho's, so the uh, the baby killer march, I'm sorry, the women's march. Oh, my gosh. Which I think it's really weird that's a women's march where they're talking about pro-abortion because it's already been said a billion times not just women get pregnant. Wait, I mean, come on. This is this is a, this is a sociologic fact now. Men can get pregnant too, and because men can get pregnant, men can have abortions. Why is it just a women's march? I'm 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 waiting for for crazy liberals. Waiting for the crazy liberals to yell at me about, you know, why am I making fun? Why am I making fun of trans men? Because, you know, men can get pregnant. They've never been a woman. They've always been a man. It's not their fault. God gave them the wrong parts. Well, it's, it's, it's their fault that, um, they, they replaced the parts that God gave them. That's the choice. Anywho's, uh, women's march organizers, organizers. Oh my God, it has been a long day, and I can't speak. And I, I've only had a couple sips of whiskey. Oh my gosh, what is wrong with me tonight? Anywho, women's march organizers get slammed over a list of what's not allowed at the event.
So the Women's March Rally for Abortion Justice. Yeah, now abortion is such is such an inherent right to life that now it has to have a march for justice. It's set to take place on Saturday in Washington, D.C. and in cities around the country. The events are in response to the Texas abortion law the U.S. Supreme Court allowed to go into effect last month, which restricts most abortions once a fetal heartbeat is detected at around six weeks. In the days leading up to the event, however, organizers came under fire for how they're policing attendees and what they're telling people to not bring. This is from a tweet from the blue check at at Women's March on the Twatters. (laughs) You never know. It could be a toaster. could be a, a clump of broccoli. Could be a 56 Buick. You can never tell these things. Jimmy says abortion is a choice. There are reasons that make a valid reason to allow abortions. Yes, that is true. And even on some of those, I incredibly conflicted on because I have enough self-awareness to realize the cognitive dissonance. Anywho, the tweet from Women's March, If you're joining us at Rally for Abortion Justice, here's what you should and shouldn't bring. Do bring comfy shoes, water and snack, a portable charger, a mask, hand sanitizer, a fanny pack plus ID. Do not bring coat hanger imagery, handmaid's tail outfits, or weapons. Are you ready to rally? Oh, and there's some other crazy person. If you're marching in, they they quote tweet that, if you're marching in the Break the Chains contingent, women's march, here's what you should or shouldn't bring. Your friends, defiance and revolutionary fury! Your desire for a whole new world. Do not bring surrender. Do not be making peace with abortion being criminalized. But the reason the uh, the reason against ho- costumes from The Handmaid's Tale is something else. So this is a uh, the logic used about why you don't bring The Handmaid's Tale outfits. The use of Handmaid's Tale imagery to characterize the controlling of women's reproduction has proliferated primarily by white women across the country since the show has gained popularity. This message continues to create more fragmentation, often around race and class, because it erases the fact that black women, undocumented women, incarcerated women, poor women, and disabled women have always had their reproduction freedom controlled in this country. This is not a dystopian past or future. And I'm going to stop right there, because, ladies and gentlemen, I give you liberal left-wing lack of self-awareness. Yes, that's right. Liberal left-wing lack of self-awareness. When progressives try to ignore their own progressive past, where they tried killing millions of disabled people, where they tried eliminating black and brown and Jewish people in this own country through this wonderful organization that they oh so love, Planned Parenthood. That's right, because progressives, they started things like Planned Parenthood not to voluntarily help black women have abortions, but, well, to quote Ms. Margaret Sanger, the founder of SETS, wonderful organization, she wanted to get rid of the human weeds. She wanted to stop idiots from breeding. They wanted the criminally insane to no longer have children. They wanted to stop the proliferation of those hateful immigrants who were coming across the pond on boats. Because progressivism was very, very into, wait for it, wait for it, wait for it. Only having Americans coming, being in charge of things. 
They were very anti-immigration way back when. So here they are. They, they, they're very concerned about, you know, white women portraying themselves as having, oh, we have lost our reproductive rights. It's like, wait, y'all are the people who were trying to kill black babies to stop the spread of black people in America. You're the ones who didn't want disabled women to have babies because they may have disabled babies. Everything that you're saying these people have been victims of, they've been victims of you! Oh my God, channel, seemed to have channeled Sam Kennison there for a second. Move to where the food is! Wow. Ugh, the ghost of Sam Kennison is strong on me tonight. Oh, it, it's ridiculous. It's funny. They have a picture of a woman who is black dressed as a handmaid from The Handmaid's Tale. They won't tell me how to protest. Mm-hmm. It's just creating an internal fight because, you know, people go and protest how they go and protest. You're going to have the crazy people who insist that, well, people are going to be in the back alleys with co-hangers and Drano doing abortions because of this law. Well, I don't necessarily think so. Because as much as I'd love to tell, all the piles of dead women in back alleys during the uh, you know, prior to Roe v. Wade. The thing is, though, there were places in the United States that abortions were legal. The state turned a blind eye to them because, whatever. The whole Roe v. Wade thing had nothing to do with the legality of abortions. Roe v. Wade was a medical privacy case. Yes, the court did Say, okay, first trimester, first trimester is fine. Second trimester, oh, let's uh, try to stay, uh, let's try to stay away from that as much as we can. But, you know, it's, it, other than that, you know, there's certain reasons for, okay, whatever. Third trimester, yeah, that's a no-go. But imagine if, and all these women who are all crazy throwing a fit that they should be able to rip babies out of their womb. Imagine if we just came out and said, okay, we're going to enforce abortion laws as was written in Roe v. Wade. They would have a crap fit because it's a more conservative pro-life position than they're in now. It's freaking insane. When Roe v. Wade, the pro-abortion ruling, the pro-baby murder ruling, is more conservative and more pro-life than where the pro-baby murder crowd is, oh my God. It's funny, uh, the tweet where, you know, the, uh, the black woman dressed up like she's from Handmaid's Tale uh, the the quote from the article, this feels like an erasure of the activist work I, an African-American woman, have organized in Illinois, and it's quite hurtful. Black people are not a monolith, and I resent being directed on how to interpret and react to a piece of art. Uh, and then there's a whole bunch of uh, coat hangers with hearts. Women's rights are human rights. Well, what about babies' rights? I mean, our Constitution 
was written to to ensure, you know, the rights for our posterity. Not just for now, not just for at the time of the of the founders when they when they ratified the constitution, but for their children, for their children's children, for their children's 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 children. That's what posterity is. If you are acting on your rights now that harms the rights of your posterity, are you not committing a crime against humanity? Are you not committing a a crime against your posterity? Like the whole idea of of going into $24-25 trillion worth of debt and you're saddling our posterity with things that they didn't spend money on, things that may not ever affect them, but they're still paying for it. Why is that? Since when since when did we stop when since when did we stop caring about, you know, our posterity? We certainly care about our posterity when oh, we have to save the environment and we have to stop global warming for our children and our grandchildren. Well, what do you care about children and grandchildren when you keep aborting the children you get pregnant with because you can't keep your effing knees together? Women complain. Oh, that's a great point, Kim. I was actually getting ready to say the same thing when it popped up there. Kim says, it's ironic, maybe moronic, that these women cry for women's rights, yet half the abortions are killing future women. And they're incredibly racist, too, because the majority of abortions performed in America are performed on black women against black babies. And certainly, it definitely kills off the uh, idea of, you know, black women wanting to be welfare queens because they're single black women with, you know, spitting out babies that they're, you know, know, they can't really have that, you know, caricature if, you know, they're just, you know, having them aborted. But as was pointed out in the live chat, sex is a choice. Granted, there are times if a woman is raped, That is not her choice. Now, while I have the cognitive dissonance that says you shouldn't punish the baby by aborting it, you know, there's also this whole idea that you know, if you're raped, maybe there should be a program if you go to a hospital and have a rape kit done the first thing they do is they give you a plan B pill free of charge. I'm fine with that. Build a police department for, for those plan B pills. If a woman is a victim of, if a young woman, a teenager is a victim of some sort of, you know, sexual, you know, sexual abuse at the hands of a family member, Again, I'm not keen on the idea of punishing the baby who came into existence because of a horrible crime against this young lady. But at the same time, I understand why she would want the abortion. I said... I am self-aware enough to understand my own cognitive dissonance. Anywho, now that I've gone on and on and on, I would like to I'd like to end this on some good news. Yes, that's right. I have found some good news. I wish I had some good news music. 
That was rude. Dropping a sad trombone on me because I don't have good news music. I swear to God, you hire a parrot as a producer and they just, this is what they do to you. Anyways, good news. From Seattle, Washington. Yes, that bastion of conservative America, Seattle, Washington. Far left rider pleads guilty to torching five Seattle police vehicles. Kim says, "Give him crackers." Well, we give him pistachios because that's what he call that's that's what he calls pistachios. He calls them crackers. Want cracker? Okay, I'll give you a pistachio. Mmm. Yes, the joys of, the joys of bird ownership, especially the talking ones. Uh, During a Black Lives Matter riot on May 30th, 2020, Margaret Aislin Channon set five Seattle police vehicles on fire. She used aerosol cans and a lighter to start the fires. So because she pled guilty, she cannot say that she didn't start the fire, that they've been burning since the world's been turning. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm old and I like Billy Joel. (laughs) Steve looks around confused. Which Seattle are you looking at? Yes, Seattle, Washington, that bastion of conservatism where someone pled guilty to torching police cars in a riot. So anywho, Margaret Aislinn Channon, who had a Black Lives Matter riot, I'm going to set the scene for you is a Black Lives Matter riot. The only thing black about this woman is the black block clothing she was wearing as she set police cars on fire. And the police cars are also black, even before you started burning them. So that was the only thing black about her. Possibly even the heavy amount of eyeshadow that she's wearing in this picture. Where... Anyway, uh, she looted clothing stores, stealing items for herself. She smashed the windows of a cell phone store. She smashed the cash register of a sandwich shop. She's from Tacoma, Washington. Previously, in 2019, her family reported her missing. She was possibly living with Antifa members in Texas. At the time, her family described her as, quote, wearing black and red exclusively, end quote, Um, actually, uh, does not, can't see any, uh, she may have a nose piercing. There's lots of questions. Piercings, tats, pink hair. Um, well, it appears, uh, in this video of her setting a police car on fire with a spray paint can, she appears to be blonde. I really can't tell any piercings on her in her, you know, she's got all of her face covered up except for her hair hanging out. It's. I said, I really can't tell. Uh, She faced five to 20 years in federal prison for arson. The DOJ agreed to only recommend the minimum five years in exchange for a guilty plea. She will be sentenced on January 18th. Now, my question, is she considered a flight risk? Is... It, does she have to turn herself in? Is she out on bail until until her sentencing? Has she been has she been offered to you know you know be released under her own recognizance? I don't know. <laughs> and Lady Di says it's. October, and there are January 6th peeps still in solitary. Yeah, that's the 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 dumbest thing in the world. You have people who the worst that they can be charged with apparently isn't insurrection. It's not treason. Oh, it's felony interference of a federal proceeding, of a congressional proceeding. 
okay. That's a felony that has what? A probation? But most people who have pled guilty are pleading guilty to trespass. Picketing Congress. Parading. And now you have federal judges who are looking at these people who are being, you know, given relatively light sentences. Basically, they're getting fined. And if they were held in jail prior to their sentencing, they're being, you know, given time served. You have federal judges looking at the uh, the courts in D.C. going, uh, what they did was really bad. Um... Uh, why aren't you giving them longer sentences? Because you're being sentenced within the law. If you start giving these people longer sentences than what the law says they can be given, that means you are not, you know, you're not serving justice. You're serving vengeance. Well, we have to make we have to make them serve actual jail time and, you know, because these misdemeanors, they, they have to serve actual jail time to make a point. I'm like, yeah, that's called turning them into political prisoners, you jackass. It, it's ridiculous. But anywho, this article goes on. So, yeah, she could face, probably get five years. Well, she had a homie who he also pled guilty to burning police cars. 21-year-old Kelly Jackson was sentenced to 40 months, not quite four years, for the same offense. Except he only torched three cars versus five. And he was given the lenient sentence of 40 months as the minimum. Now, my question is, these people are committing actual felonies, and they're pleading guilty and they're getting the minimum sentence. Yet you have judges who are being pissed off that people who committed misdemeanors maybe spent a month or two in jail, you know, on average, or released on their own recognizance or released on bail. For misdemeanors, they're pissed that they're not getting jail time? I mean... If it was a political crime, shouldn't the people committing political crimes with actual felonies, shouldn't they be getting the harsher sentence as allowed by law? And these are just things to think about. Judges believe that they should be able to set the sentencing guidelines, not, you know, the legislative branch. And honestly, I hope uh, civil rights groups are welcoming the idea of these judges giving felony-type sentences for misdemeanors that are outside the sentencing guidelines for those crimes. Because they they could end up trying to unseat a bunch of federal judges because... Uh, this person should be impeached because they exceeded their judicial mandate by sentencing people harsher than what the law says they can be sentenced. These They are literally turning them into political prisoners. Kind of the left-wing, the left-wing Antifa trans ranger who was at the January 6th riot, who... You know, and court documents is claiming to have been abused, sexually abused, beaten, uh, left without medical treatment, and a whole list of things that, you know, if if that was a prisoner at Abu Ghraib, people's heads would be rolling. But because, oh, you're not a foreign fighter being held by American soldiers. You're you're a dirty insurrectionist. You deserve everything you get. 
he, she, it, whatever you want to call the trans ranger person, they're being punished harsher than probably what their sentence will eventually be. And just being held 23 hours a day, they get out of their cell for one hour. That one hour is probably just to shower. And the idea that you get your one hour in the yard to walk around, stretch your legs, seize the sunlight. You get your one hour to take a shower, knowing that the guards could beat the crap out of you or allow you to have the crap beaten out of you just because, well, you do. It creates not as a... You know, Donald Trump, MAGA, insurrectionists, they get what they get. And it's insane. The justice system in America, especially at the federal level, is rapidly ter- showing that, no, it's not a justice system. It's a, it's a punishment system. And punishment and justice are two different things. It is wholly corrupt, and it's showing more signs of wanting to be a vengeance system, or at least vengeance against those whose uh, political ideas go against your own. Absolutely insane. And I really worry this country is going going on a, uh, you know, rocket sled to hell. And we're going to wake up one day and it's, we're just going to say, uh, wait, when did this happen? Because it's just, we're just going to wake up and it's there. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to wrap it up for tonight. Again, those of you who join me live, thank you for hanging out in the room, chat room and listening and having a good old time. And while I'm, Tried to figure out how to talk tonight because apparently my mouth quit working. Those of you who are listening to this on your favorite podcast app, please be sure to rate and review. If you are not a subscriber to the show, please subscribe, then rate it. Five stars. I prefer five stars. I'll accept four. Three. Three, we need to have a talk. All right. Face it, we need to have a talk if you're only giving me three stars. Then write a review. You don't have to, you know, write some crazy long diatribe about how awesome this show is and why everyone else should listen to it. But just say a few nice things. Nice things are always good. And then, finally, once you've rated, once you've subscribed, rated, reviewed, please share it. Send it to someone who you think will enjoy this show. Send it to someone who you think will hate this show. Either way, use me as a tool to spread hate and discontent amongst your closest friends. I would be honored to piss off your friends for you. It's it's something I do. You're awesome. Okay, and also, please, if you want to support this show, this show runs off of donations from the good folks who are listening. If you go to my website, RelentlessDaring.com, the home for all things Relentless Daring Media Productions related, at the top of the page, you will notice that there is a Donate Here button. Click that. It'll take you over to PayPal. You can set up a one-time or a recurring donation. Either way, it helps keep the website up, keeps the podcast hosted, all those wonderful things. Or if you would like to uh, get some Relentless Daring swag, go check out the merch shop at relentlessdaring.com slash shop. You got hats, t-shirts, coffee mugs, all that stuff. Again, that money goes into either A, making the show better for you, or B, just keeping it on the air where you can hear it. Please, please support the show. I I need your help. I just want to work for you, the American podcast listener. Or the British podcast listener. Hell, I don't care where you're from. You're from overseas listening to this show, trying to figure out what the hell's going on in America. Thank you so very much. Now, excuse me, I've got a fat chick and a cigar. I need to go do some things. 
Thank you so very much for listening. And as always, stay relentless. This is Relentless Dairy on Podbean.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.